0: fall and uh, he needs to go to the to the doctor so uh, the family is on the way taking him to the hospital now so I appreciate y'all's prayers. Uh, A little while ago it's probably been three four months ago I had one of my friends here in the church encouraged me to uh, start looking for or start building a home Uh, that was what was mentioned hey you need to start building your own house And I knew what was meant by that, and see, I I realize I'm starting to get of the age that I've got to start looking and preparing toward retirement. Now, I'm not as old as Cindy is. Uh, Well, wait a minute, Cindy. I am. I am. I'm a little older than Cindy, all right? But but, uh, she's probably getting close to retirement age, and me too, all right? Not that I'm going anywhere anytime soon, because Bridget told me I could never retire from preaching, all right? She said that... First of all, she couldn't afford it uh, for me not to be preaching. But she says, you you know, she didn't want to be the only one hearing my messages. So uh, anyway, uh, but I, I took that advice and, and I was thinking about it. You know, and I've been able, God has blessed me to be able to purchase a, a few properties here and there and that sort of thing to in order to help out my family. And you know, many of you might already know this because it was put out on Facebook more than a month ago, but. Uh, my wife and I were able to purchase her grandmother and grandfather's home out at Lloyd Star. Uh, we signed the papers on, the, on that Friday, and I appreciate you understanding that we're not leaving, we're not going anywhere, that is a retirement place for us. We're looking at it in that way, it's, it's, it's an investment. And so we are, it's family land, her grandmother and grandfather built the house, Uh, They've lived there since the early 50s uh, until they passed away, or her grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, Uh, but we were able to keep the property in the family, and that means so much to her and her family and myself as well. Uh, So while we were thinking about and going through those events in, in my life this week, what was on my heart was making a good investment. One of the things that... Bridget kept saying over and over while we were going through the loan process and all these, she kept saying, are we doing the right thing? And I told her, I said, yes, it's the right thing. Not only is it right for us as a family and for her family, but it's a good investment. Because anytime, uh, this is the way that I look at it, anytime you have an opportunity to purchase property, uh, it's a really good investment because it's just going to go up in price. Now, this is what I did in preparation for the message this morning. While I was thinking about all of these things, I Googled simple ways to make a smart investment. Now, of course, you know, you've got to be careful what you Google, okay? But this, this was, you know, it gave several steps about investing in the stock market and that sort of thing. So anyway, I took some of those ideas and thought about what it would take for us to be making a good investment. Not monetarily, but really with our life. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Making a good investment. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 5, verse 31. We're going to be reading verse 31 through 47. But we're also going to end up in Mark chapter 8. So when you get to John chapter 5, hold your finger there. And turn back with me to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to be talking about a good investment. In John chapter 5, Jesus is continuing his discourse with those who are around him, those religious leaders, those who were opposing him, and he was telling them, uh, talking to them about what they had invested their life into. But I want to start in Mark chapter 8, and I want to read to you verse 36, and then we'll pray. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for being so wonderful to us. You have given us the gift of life today. The opportunity to praise you and to glorify your name. And God, as we have gathered together in your house this morning, we ask for the blessing of your presence. We pray that you will teach us, that you will open our hearts, That you will increase our knowledge of your word, but also, Father, help us to commit our way to you completely because it's a good investment. It's the smart thing to do. Uh, Lord, the returns on this investment cannot be measured. How awesome and wonderful you are to offer us this opportunity of repentance and salvation in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. As we study, we ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we started in the the book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark, where Jesus says that. He says, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? And now, as Jesus, in chapter 5 of the, the gospel of John, He's talking to those men, those gentlemen who were really the rulers of Jerusalem, and he was speaking to them, and he was saying to them, you have focused on the wrong thing. Let's go to the scripture there and read. Beginning in verse 31, Jesus said, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. But I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. How do you uh, do not think that I have a, that I shall accuse you to the Father? There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus was talking to them about a good and bad investment. He was urging them to invest in the good. So the first thing that I I did in preparation for this message, I googled that. How to make a wise investment. What are the simple steps in order to begin investing? The first thing that you got to do is you got to decide how much you're willing to invest. You see, how much do you have? Uh... Most people are probably like me. You don't have much extra to worry about that with. So that's just a non-issue to start with. You don't have to worry about investing money. But think about this. How about your time? Whenever you are working, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, you know, whatever your plans are, you are actually investing time in that. Just say, how about vacation? You're investing time in your mental health and your physical rest and and those sorts of things. You are investing time there. So whenever you plan a vacation, of course, you probably want to take as long as possible. But you sit back and you gauge how many days can I take off, how long can we be gone, all this kind of thing. You have to talk about your goals and timelines, of course, whenever you're talking about investing. You see, whenever we, Bridget and I, were talking about this, this property that we uh, were able to purchase, we, we knew that it was going to be a lifetime thing. This is, this is where she had grown up, at her mama and papa's house. Uh, this was a special place for her, so her, her goal was to keep this property in the family and for us to retire there and live there at some point in the, the future. So the goals and timelines were really already set. And one of the last things that I read in that list as I Googled it was, what risks are you willing to take? What risks are you willing to take? Now, this is a very important question for us this morning as we think about that. Because any time you do investing, especially with stock market and and things like that, even in property, there's the opportunity, there's the possibility that you may take a loss. So are you willing to risk whatever it is that you are doing for the possible profit down the road? Maybe even the probable profit down the road. All right. so now we get back to Jesus' audience. Let's get back to talking about what He said to them in this passage of Scripture in uh, the, the Gospel of John. Jesus was witnessing to them and He was telling them all along that He was the Messiah. And they would not accept him. He told them, hey, look at the works that I do. They should tell you, because the Old Testament, the scriptures that you study, speak of me. They talk about me. Now, understand, they knew exactly what he was talking about. They knew exactly the prophecies that they had been studying all their lives, and they did not want Jesus to fulfill those, because then they would be accountable to him. But they looked at him, did not want any part of what he was telling them. In verse 34, he says, I say these things that you may be saved. You see, here's here's what they were thinking. They were thinking, hey, we don't need you to save us. We're already saved. We've got the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us if we follow the commandments, then everything's good. We're okay with God. But what they didn't realize is they had broken every single one of them. And Jesus was pointing that out. He was saying that there's none righteous, no, not one. He says, you've broken all of these laws. You are lawbreakers. You need to be saved from yourself, from the sins that you commit. Jesus said in verse 36 and 37, he's talking about a greater witness. But I have a greater witness than John's. You see, he talked about John first, and he says, you know, you knew John, and you were afraid of John because they wouldn't condemn him because they knew the people uh, loved John and and considered him a prophet, so they wouldn't do anything against John because they would suffer the wrath of the people, and he says, you enjoyed John's light for a while, but then he was snuffed out, and he says, the witness of me is greater than that of John's, Because you remember what happened at Jesus' baptism. Whenever he was taken down, whenever John baptized him, the the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on, on Christ and stayed with him. And the voice of God from heaven says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. So there was that witness. And then Jesus points to his works and he says, The things that I do should lead you to the truth of who I am. But you see, they had trusted, they had already sold out to the wrong thing. In verse 38, it said this, But you do not have His word abiding in you, because whom He sent, Him you do not believe. Now think about that for a moment. For for the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, who had spent their whole lives studying the Scripture Jesus just told them that the Word of God did not dwell in them. They did not have it. They had the Scriptures, but they didn't understand what the Scriptures meant. They knew the letter of the law, but they didn't know its intent. Its intent was to bring them to the Messiah. But... They thought, no, as long as we've got this written down and we're doing this and we're offering our sacrifices and we're doing it, everything's okay with us and God. No, it's not. Jesus boldly proclaimed to them, you need to be saved. He says, I'm here, I'm saying these things so that you will be saved. But their whole lives were wrapped up in studying the scriptures. Look at verse 39. He says, you search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. He's saying, the very scriptures that you have spent your life studying talk about me, but you won't accept that. Because, again, they were sold out to the idea that they wouldn't be accountable to anybody but the scriptures and God. But what they didn't realize was that their soul was painted. Their, 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 Their lives were just overcome with sin and then let's see verse 45 through 47 jesus said this to them he he brought he brought to their attention the very thing that they put their faith in do not think that i shall accuse you to the father there is one who accuses you moses in whom you trust the law that's what he, was, he said, you trust the law, you trust the Scriptures, and the Scriptures are going to judge you, and that's what's going to proclaim you guilty before Almighty God. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus was telling them, I'm saying the same thing to you, As the scriptures say to you, but you accept the scriptures and not me. Because you can take the scriptures and bend it to what you want it to be, and it's not right. It's not what God intended. God wants you to see, through the giving of the law, that you are a lawbreaker, that you can't keep the law perfectly. So that you would come to him asking for his mercy and his grace, because we're all lawbreakers. So Jesus tells them that the scriptures are talking about him. Now how were they to interpret that? If they did not interpret that Jesus is God, the Son of God, then they were, I mean, it's completely outrageous to say that they did not understand what he was saying. Because they did. I've heard people say you know, and proclaim that Jesus never said that he was God. That's baloney. Jesus did. Many times in what he said, he proclaimed that he was the son of God. He said the scriptures were written about me. That's what he said. But then he says, if you do not believe his writings, the writings of Moses that was God dictated to him that Moses wrote down, how will you believe my words? Jesus says, I'm saying the same things that the scripture said. That you need to be saved. That you can't trust yourself. That the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You need a savior. You need to be saved from your sins. And then, he said, rejecting him, rejecting the word, is going to be a costly mistake. If you are not willing to come to me but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You see, the very opposite of that is true. If they're not willing to come to him so that they will have life, then they, uh, not coming to him, what they're actually going to get is death. Not death, not annihilation, not the ceasing of being. What he's going to receive or they're going to receive is eternal torment, damnation. You see, they were quick to say, you know, lawbreakers were going to jail or going to hell. They were quick to say, you know, those who weren't Jews, they were uh, godless people and they were going to burn in hell. They would be quick to, to say that, but they would not apply it to themselves. By the way, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that bring a little bit of current events into mind, thinking about people saying, well, I'm okay with God, everything's fine, everything's wonderful, all i got to do is whatever road I choose, I end up at the top of the mountain, or you worship God the way you worship God, and I worship Him the way I worship God. Now, it's it's not doing whatever you want to do to worship God, it's doing it His way. Because people, every day of the week, people make their own God and worship it. And they say it's the God of the Bible, but it's not. If they went to the Bible and found out about God, they would realize that that's not the God that they've been worshiping. They need to come back to the one true God who is God. Rejecting Jesus is a costly mistake. And yet, the religious leaders did exactly that. Now, going back with me, if you will, to Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus was as he was sharing with the Pharisees and Sadducees and those who were listening to him, it brought me back to this this idea about that good investment. How we can make an investment of a lifetime. Those that were hearing Jesus, he was offering them salvation. He was offering them forgiveness of sins. He was offering them eternal life in heaven with him and yet they refused it because they were sold out to their way of living, their way of thinking, an error, a falsity. They were were worshiping a false God. And Jesus, in Mark chapter 8, said this, Whoever desires desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, Of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So let me talk to you about this investment. Jesus says, first of all, doesn't matter what you gain in this world, if you don't have him, you have nothing. He says, what does it profit a man if he owns the world, if he runs the world, it doesn't matter if your last name is Trump or whatever. If you don't have the Lord, then you have nothing. So Jesus asks or he, he lays down the the qualifications or the needs of someone who's willing to invest who wants to talk to him about investing their life. He says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, will give it away. Whoever whoever desires to save his life will give it to the one who can protect it forever and ever and ever. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Jesus says, here's the thing. If you want to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. If you try to, to live your life just for yourself and just to build up your kingdom and just to gather material things and all this, you're going to lose your life. He says, if you give it to me, you'll be able to keep it. Even though you give it to him, you see, he's the lover of your soul. He's the one that wants to uh, have everlasting, give you everlasting life, have you with him eternally. So here's the thing when you're thinking about investments what do you want to invest what do you want to protect let's just say all right I give you a sum of money it doesn't matter how much it is it could be ten dollars it could be ten million dollars let me give you a sum of money all right and you want to protect it where are you going to put it maybe a bank maybe a fireproof box in your house Maybe you want to invest it in the stock market or something like that. But you, you want to put it somewhere where it's going to be safe. At least you'll have the principle. At least you'll have just what I gave you, even if it doesn't uh, receive any interest. You want to protect it, right? You see, with our life, the only way for us to protect it is to put our life in the bank of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He's secure. You know, our government secures bank. Uh, uh, bank deposits and, and safety accounts. They've got a system that they're supposed to secure, insure it, and that sort of thing. But let me tell you what, they can't insure anything like Jesus can. When you give your life to Him, the Scripture says that no one will ever take you out of His hand. As a matter of fact, you can't even take yourself out of His hand when you give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will not leave you alone if you try to leave Him. He will come and look... Jesus will take you out if you're not praising and worshiping Him. If if you go against Him, He will take you out because if you're not being a righteous disciple, if you're not living your life for Him and you're being a disgrace to Him, He'll take you out rather than leave you here and let you do that. And it can and will, it has happened. Now, when you want to save your life, when you want to invest something, think about this. If you are really worried about where you will go when you die... Listen, Jesus says he has you. He will ensure that you give yourself to him. Now, I'm not talking about just, hey, I'll I'll come and worship you on Sunday. I'll come to church and I'll do this and that, and then I'll go about my own business on, on Monday through Saturday. That's not what he describes in the Scripture. He says if you want to follow him, then you've got to give yourself to him. You have to turn away from yourself and give yourself completely to him. It's a commitment that you make. He said, but if you make that commitment, I've got you. Whenever you give yourself to me, I've got you forever. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, in other words, and whenever you give me your life, he says, and the gospel, he said, you're going to save it. Because no matter what you gain or what you do on this earth, if you leave this world without Jesus, you have nothing but eternal torment ahead. Jesus makes that plain in verse 38. He says this, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed. When he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. Jesus says this, if you don't profess me before men, I'm going to deny you before the Father. Now imagine for just a moment, right? Imagine you're standing before the Lord. Your life here is ended and you're in eternity. You're standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. And he asks you, uh, how about it? What do you think about the church thing? What do you think about faith in Jesus? Oh, yes, Lord, I, I love you. I, I praise you. Why didn't you go to church? Why didn't you stand up and proclaim that you were saved? Why didn't you follow me, take up your cross and follow me daily? You know, you said that you would do all those things. You promised that you were giving your life to me, but you never did anything for me. You see, Jesus says if you deny deny him before men, then he's going to deny you when you stand before the Father in heaven. And that simply means you will be rejected from heaven. You will never gain entrance into the promised land. You will be sent to hell. Not because God sends people to hell, but because God honors your choice. Jesus said, choose to make a good investment. Choose to give your life to Him so that you can save it. Because if you're trying to save your life now by yourself without any help, you're going to lose it. So how about it? Do you think it's worth it? Do you think faith in Jesus is worth it? Do you think trusting Him with your life is worth it? You might look at me and say, Brother Jeff, right now, I want to do my own thing. God will allow you to do that. But if you leave this world without Jesus as your Savior, it's just like the the economy bankrupting and all the money that I gave you earlier is gone and you have absolutely nothing. You are penniless. And worse than that, you'll be tormented forever and ever and ever. So how much are you willing to invest? It's not just a weekend thing with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a forever, every moment, constantly devoting your life to Him commitment. What about your goals and timelines? Is <laughs> your goal to live forever? And, ladies, that's why you got that vanishing cream, that all the, you know, the wrinkle uh, destructor, destroyer, wrinkle take a You want to live forever, right? I mean, you, you want to look good forever. We all, guys, we want to live forever. That's deep within us. That's what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has put eternity in our hearts. We all want to live forever. Not one of us sitting here wants to spend eternity in hell. Not a single one, no matter what you say. But are we willing to make them a commitment? Are we willing to invest what it truly takes to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? Are you willing to risk? Hell for moments of pleasure here on earth. One of the last things that I looked at on my Google list was what are you willing to risk? Are you willing to take a risk? There's so many people in this world that are saying this. Yeah, I like the Jesus thing, and I understand the church thing, but you know what? I'm going to wait till later to do that. Do you realize the risk that you're taking? You see, every moment, every breath that we take is not promised. There's so many people that's going to leave the world today. You're not promised the afternoon. You're not promised tomorrow. Every time you take a breath, it's a risk that you take, that you will die and go to hell. Are you willing to risk that? Let me ask you this morning. Are you willing to make the investment of a lifetime and not just a lifetime for all eternity that's going to pay rewards forever and ever and ever. If you haven't given your life to the Lord then you're risking everything but if you would give your life to him what he promises you is everlasting life in his kingdom with him. So many returns on that investment the investment is so good I could stand here all day and not even scratch the surface of how wonderful it is. This morning, I'm just asking you to do the smart thing, to do the wise thing. Put your soul where your mouth is. You see, invest in your future by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. As you do that this morning, He's going to save you. And you're going to be his heir of the kingdom. You're going to rule and reign with him. That's what he promised. He'd never leave you, never forsake you, also include you. Have you with him forever. It's your choice. You all, every one of us, has a soul to invest. Are you willing to place it in his hands so that it will be secure forever? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words that explain to us exactly what it takes to be saved. Denying ourselves, daily taking up our cross, and following you. Lord, it's not just praying a prayer, being baptized. It's about a daily commitment to you. Thank you that that means salvation, and that means eternal security. That means we'll always be yours. And, and Lord, Lord, Today, as we have talked about this good investment, Lord, there's no better return to be had than eternal life. So, Father, I know that you have spoken to someone this morning. I know that you have encouraged all of our hearts with the truth of everlasting life. So, Father, I'm asking for your will to be done during your invitation time. As we sing, as we get ready for in just a moment, Father, you accomplish your purpose, your will in this time. Draw those to yourself who need salvation. Cause those to come and pray who need to be praying. Father, whatever it is, you work in their life. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stand for a hymn of invitation this morning. Hymn, number 134. hymn 134. And Whatever the Lord has spoken to you, you follow him.